Welcome to Louise's Health Kick podcast with Louise Mercier. Louise is a nutritional therapist, award-winning author of How Food Shapes Your Child, and a presenter on Early Years TV Food Channel. As well as all this, Louise is the force behind the Health Kick, promoting a healthy lifestyle without the contradictory and often misplaced advice in the world of nutrition. And welcome to Louisa's Health Kick podcast. I am delighted to welcome back Professor Paul Gately. You may remember Paul joined us a little while ago. Um, Paul is a professor of obesity and exercise at Leeds Beckett University, and he is one of the UK's most respected experts in this field. Now, the reason I have asked Paul to come back is you may have seen some news recently about a what's been called as a health U-turn. There was a big protest at Downing Street with Jamie Oliver, and there's been lots of information about why this is um, a bad move. But I wanted to get the the sort of the real lowdown by Professor Paul. So welcome back to the show. And please, first of all, tell us how you're feeling about all of this, um, all of this move. Well, thanks very much, Louise, for inviting me back. I'm delighted to join you. Um, I suppose yeah, really frustrated. Um, there's For me, there's two really big agendas um, and as part of the U-turn. And, and one of them is around the U-turn that Jamie Oliver's made very prominent is this sort of U-turn around advertising and marketing restrictions. Um, and, and to be honest, whilst I think that is really important for our populational health, if I put my obesity hat on, then the impacts are relatively small to people with a living, lived experience of obesity. Because because fundamentally, you know, the drivers of obesity uh, for many people are not just simply walking around the supermarket. There's a variety of other things that really influence their behaviours. Um, and so so the Eat and Mess campaign is great. And it really does highlight um, a very disappointing U-turn by our government associated with our populational health, albeit a very small contributor. But it, but it gets lots of column inches because people like Jamie Oliver are interested so that, that's important. The, the other U-turn, which is particularly important to me at More Life, is, um, and hasn't received as much press, is the fact that government promised £100 million a year for supporting people with uh, living with obesity to help them lose weight and keep that weight off. And, and this was a commitment that sort of came in last year. Uh, it shook the whole system up. No one was ready for it. It was a real difficult thing to respond to. Um, and then they got us enticed to another three years of funding, 100 million a year, and then they've removed it on the first day of the financial year. And that will directly impact on the many, many, that will impact on many millions of lives. Absolutely. And it will cost our economy, you know, equivalent to 14 times the removal of that. So removing 100 million per year will cost us about 1.4 billion you know so so i guess when we look at it from that perspective i think that's the real frustration isn't it it seems a very short sighted it is very short sighted and i suppose then you say well why why is this happening and and i guess the reason it for me the reason it's happening is is because because we've got a government that are a bit confused about where they are they're under a lot of pressure and so they're trying to do everything they can to appear to be a voice of reason, a voice for the people. Um, and, and, and in some ways, it, this is more, I believe, about infighting within the Tory government than it is about anything to do with health, wellness, 
food, food industry, anything else is simply an internal argument within government. Um, and I think sometimes we've got to appreciate that's what's happening because of the wider geopolitical issues that are going on. And, and in a sense, I think government need to be telling some positive stories at a time when cost of living crisis, Brexit's still a problem, Ukraine's a problem, you know, uh, we've got Partygate still going on. So you've got all these big, big political issues that government are dealing with. Um, they're short term, but they're very prominent in people's minds. Whereas obesity, you know, whereas marketing advertising to children and young people, actually, well, let's just knock them off the list. You are absolutely right. It's incredibly short sighted. But that's why I'm not a politician, because I'm here to try and support people with a lived experience of obesity to lead a healthier lifestyle. And I appreciate that that is a long term journey that those people are on. So my intentions are always medium to long term. I don't need to get reelected. I'll do my job no matter what. And I think that's the reality. And it's a reality that is incredibly frustrating. Um, and it is a reality that will cost many people's lives quality of their life for a long term to come and it will cost our economy a lot of money in the future but actually political decisions are always made for the long term. Mm -hmm. For some people who, who don't understand how reducing funding now will impact on the economy in the future um, I mean we, we can sort of speculate on things like the rising type 2 diabetes and the associated cost there which already is a huge cost to the NHS but we can bring that down to, to children as well. And I know a lot of your work is on childhood obesity, but with the impact that COVID had on childhood obesity and then the reduction in this funding, which, of course, if we support the parents, we support the whole family. So there's intergenerational support, which is part of your long term strategy. But if we look at that and the economic impact, just to make people understand how short sighted and what kind of economical impact on the ground for people, not just huge big numbers that people can disassociate with, but kind of on the ground for real, for GPs, for commissioning groups, for people on the ground working with communities. There's a real economic impact there, isn't there? There is absolutely an economic impact there. So what, what we know is that obesity costs our NHS about six billion a year. So then if you look at a local level, you know, why are we so busy at uh, our hospitals? Because you know, a large majority of hospital admissions now are associated with obesity. So when you go and there's a queue, some of the contributing factors, not all, but some of the contributing factors are now much more likely to be associated with obesity. When you can't get an appointment with your GP, some of the factors that influence that appointment are related to, to that. Uh, within schools, children missing school, some of those factors are related to the weight of those children and the complexity of their lives around the, these issues. Um, and so the list goes on. And so those impacts are really critical. And you, you're right to mention, you know, last year we had some really, really scary data that showed a 50% increase in rates of childhood obesity in five-year-olds. Okay, so if we see that, that's 50% increase. I mean, that is frightening change for a mass issue. Okay, so if you then start to say, well, 85% of those children without support will maintain that weight for the rest of their life. We know that. We used to talk about type 2 diabetes as um, we used to talk about it as an adult disease. Well, actually, we know it's a child 
disease. And once we also know that there's many children now suffering with type 2 diabetes. And, and what we also know is that, that the period of time, uh, I mean, doctors do an amazing job at looking after people living with diabetes. But we know that the trajectory of those diseases will now mean that cardiovascular disease, risk of stroke, and all these other things are now moved further back into, into young adulthood rather than old adulthood. So those direct contributions will happen within their, within their 20s and 30s, not their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So those are the absolute direct impacts of this poor decision-making now, the U-turns now. If we take children and education, one of the things we know is children living with obesity are much more likely to struggle in their maths, their English. They're much less likely to attend school. They're much less likely to complete school. They're much, much more less likely to get a job. And so we then start to think about UK PLC. You know, we are desperate to drive our economy forward. And yet the very people we are going to need in 10 to 15 years to be driving our economy and paying back the debt of COVID, Brexit and austerity are the very same people that actually we need to be fit and well. They're not going to be fit and well. So in everybody's life, this U-turn has a profound impact. I think that's why it's been hailed on, on social media as a child health U-turn, because for those of us who do look to the future and who do look at obesity as a long-term support package rather than how it's often portrayed as, let's tackle, I hate the phrase, let's tackle obesity in the short-term measures that often come in around obesity but for those of us who do understand it is a long-term thing can see how it is affecting children can see how I think I may be wrong but I think it's 3,470 children in the UK now with type 2 diabetes it's a phenomenal figure compared to one 20 years ago and that's that is as you say only going to continue to to escalate because those five-year-olds now who are in that overweight and obese category are much more likely to develop those kinds of conditions. And I think many grown-ups still think they're children. They'll burn it off. They, you know, they they can carry a bit of extra weight. It's not harmful. Or I had a bit of extra weight. It didn't do me any harm. We still have that mentality a lot around children and, and children's weight. And it's obviously a very sensitive subject. And I think it's often portrayed in the wrong way um, by the media and by childhood weight campaigns and things like that, where it's kind of not done sensitively enough. Um, but we do need to accept that it's not an aesthetic issue. It's a health issue. It's a real issue. And those children who are carrying extra weight as a child, as you say, are very likely to continue to carry that weight. And that will have many knock-on effects of not only their physical health, but their mental health and their alienation of physical activity. Because we can all relate to, you know, seeing a child who is perhaps carrying a bit of extra weight and isn't so good at PE or not so good at the physical movement. And so they will start to be alienated from movement and exercise, which creates a pattern. And we see grown-ups who say, I don't like exercise or exercise isn't for me, who have been habitually kind of trained to think, I don't like exercise, I can't do that. And then we have sedentary adults with the weight as well and, and more and more health problems. So I think it, it is very short-sighted um, and it will definitely impact. But I think we have to think this isn't acceptable for our children. And I think we have to accept that things like the, that you mentioned the cost of living crisis and the delay on the buy one, get one free on junk food is a big 
it's a big myth for me because we know that those foods are so cheap and they are the only option available to some families. So we can't make the other foods cheaper, but we can say it's not acceptable for these offers to be there. And some supermarkets are taking it upon themselves to make a change, to, to not to go ahead of the legislation. And so I think the more we can use our voice to say, actually, no, we don't accept this for our children or ourselves, there is the power to do that because we don't actually need the legislation for some of the changes to come into place. Some people will do it themselves anyway. I think you're right. We, some people will do it, but the legislation creates a level playing field because what, we, what we'll see, and I've seen this over the last 20 years, where really ethical, honourable um, companies um, take on board the opportunity to sort of, um, to, to, you know, really move an agenda like what you've described. The problem with that is, um, in a year's time, if their competitors seem to be outselling them, their board of directors are going to be saying, well, hold on, why are we doing this? If the government don't believe it's the right thing to do, why are we risking our company profits for this agenda? So, and, and so, so for me, um, you know, I, I imagine those supermarkets that are taking this step, they will be desperate for the government to do it because then actually it creates a level playing field. Where there's not a level playing field, you're always going to get some organisations which will take advantage. That's the nature of commercial practice. Okay. And I think, and I also think, you know, and it is fantastic that some companies are standing up for this, but equally, that's partly a marketing tactic for them too. You know, they know that they'll get column inches. So, so in a sense, it's a, it's a balancing act. And what, what government can do is by levelling the playing field, we remove the commercial tactics and we remove the marketing tactics. And the only objective for us all collectively is we believe in the importance of children's health as a society. And we are going to do a variety of things to do that. And, and I think you're right, Louise, that's what we need to do collectively. Um, but government government legislation enables a level playing field that everybody can work to. Of course, and that is very much needed with the health and wealth divide that is currently escalating at quite an alarming pace. And we know um, I've spoken about the cost of healthy food and convenient healthy food in particular is about three times more expensive than the sort of ultra processed foods, which we know are fueling obesity and, and all sorts of other health problems. So that level playing field would hopefully go some way to rule out some of the health inequalities, which it's not going to do all of that. Unfortunately, that's a, a huge issue, which is only going to get worse. Um, but it certainly would help towards that because those offers on those foods, which are highly unhealthy, are the only option for some people. And, and this brings me to one thing which I always want to make sure is, is sort of is highlighted in that people don't have choices. They have factors. You know, when people say, oh, make better choices, their lifestyle choices that people are using that are gaining, you know, that they're getting to be overweight because of their lifestyle choices. For me, it's not choice, it's a factor. If they are the only foods available to you on your budget or the literally the only foods available in your geographical area, you know, if you don't have a car and you, you can literally only walk to somewhere and that is all they sell, that is not a choice, it's a factor. And for many, I think they feel alienated from the message because they are being blamed for something that is not their fault. And, and that is a much bigger issue. And I know you won't have the answer to that. But let's come back to the positives in terms of 
they are the sorts of things that you were doing, working with people on the ground to remove those factors, to support people, proper support. Um, are you still able to to carry on with what you were doing with the loss of funding? And, and is that having an impact on you there? You're absolutely right. And and the work that we do at More Life is really about giving people the skills on a day-to-day basis, but not just the skills associated with the factors. We also give them the emotional and mental health skills as well. So how do you deal with, you know, those, and we all have them. When we've got a day when we're a bit unhappy, things aren't going our way, it's easy to reach for the more unhealthy factor and it sends you down the down the wrong path. And at More Life, we spend a lot of time working with people to cope with those pressures and actually to to overcome them in, a, in an effective way. That's that's a lot of what we do. But then also, as you rightly point out, those skills, those purchasing skills. So when they're in a supermarket, how do they make some of the better choices? How do they consider um, some of the overriding, some of those choices that they may be able to make associated with your absolutely right, Louise, the factors that influence and support are actually um, stop people from living a healthy lifestyle. So it's, it's really equipping people with the skills to where possible override those factors because those factors are there and those there are choices there as well but we've got to work within that framework of of choice and factors and that's what we do at more life um a hundred million pounds is a lot of money and it's not just more life that do this there's lots of other people that do it um you know there are millions of people you know um that will suffer as a consequence of this i mean you know just simple calculations you know for people living with severe obesity, one of our one of our programs uh, would cost around a thousand pound for a nine month intervention. Okay, um, so do the sums on that. Several thousand people will not get the support they need. Um, or an average program for people with a tiny bit of weight to lose want to just get on the health uh, a health kick for about twelve weeks. They'd cost about hundred pounds. So again, we're talking about equivalent of a million people there that are now being denied access to high quality support that actually we know if they got that support would return 14 pounds per pound invested. So, I mean, you know, as a government that you can't, as a government talking about the economy, they're either really bad at maths or they're very, or there's other things going on. And to me, this is not, I mean, the calculations are so simple. You've got to say, well, what what is it? And therefore, you come to the conclusion that actually this is about dealing with, as I've said, the sort of day-to-day political challenges that a government face when it's under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that they have got an awful lot of of internal issues um, and without either of us wanting to get political, because I'm sure um, from my part, it certainly wouldn't be complimentary. (laughs) So without going down that road and... and, uh, Let's just see if if we had. Um, do you think there will be a U-turn on the U-turn? They've obviously faced a lot of backlash from big organisations. Um, you know, lots of health organisations have lobbied and written letters to the PM. Do you think there'll be a U-turn on the U-turn, or or is that wishful thinking? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Um, that that's the, that's the issue. The you know. The, What, for me, the government are facing so many challenges, um, some self-inflicted, some not, um, and and therefore how they respond to that 
to get themselves out of the holes that they've created, particularly on the issue of children's health. Who knows? I mean, you know, it is fundamentally children's health is one of those things that is easy to kick into the long grass. And and whilst we as citizens can complain about that, um, unless our unless our members of parliament, unless our local government members, uh, elected members, unless our key stakeholders in the civil service and big organisations, unless they complain, nothing will change. Um, and they they are all complicit in kicking children's health into the long grass if they allow it. And I suppose that's my call to action. Yes, government have made a U-turn, but the influences on government are also incredibly powerful too. Um, and, you know, you raising this is really important. Us talking about it is really important. Um, we're both passionate about it. And we, I would hope that our passion is, is sort of picked up and galvanised by others that maybe are more influence, influential than us. Because uh, that's really what will change things. Um, a collection of passionate people driving an agenda. Uh, and I think Jamie's made a good, good, great start on that with a campaign around Eat a Mess. Um, but, but effectively, we need a lot more. There are some fantastic groups, and I will put some links with the podcast. There are some fantastic groups of children who are, um, there's a group called Bite Back, and they are Bite Back 2030. And they are um, literally children who are saying, this is our health, this is our future, this is our generation, we are not going to stand for this. And they were amongst those at Downing Street. And they have a big, um, a big sort of social media presence, and particularly on Twitter, they were all there with Jamie. And I think it's it's when you see actually children saying, hang on, this is me, this is my health, this is my future, that should be a voice that is listened to. Um, so I'm going to make sure that I put all of those links up and get all of those connections so that, and I know I certainly did um, part of the children's food campaign as what well, then when, when there was the eat and mess trending, they were putting out how you can write to your MP and they've done a letter. So I know I did that, but I will repost that so that that is a letter already written and um, that you just have to, to put your name to and send into your local MP. And obviously it's always numbers. Um, they won't listen to one person. They won't listen to 100 people. But if there's enough, then they will have to listen. So hopefully by having you back um, and putting this back out there and, and getting connected with all of the other people who are all as passionate as we are and are all trying to do the same thing, we can collectively shout a lot louder and um, maybe make some inroads. But, uh, I, you know, who, who knows that may be wishful thinking. But if enough people shout about it, and enough people raise the issue, then parents will start to question where maybe they just see numbers in the air and thought, what does that really mean? They'll start to question, hang on, that actually means my child, their health, their future, their whole life outcomes. It's not just now. It's, as you say, it's academic outcomes. It's work outcomes. It's everything to do with their future. So it affects everybody. It's not just a, a political change that you know, is a change on food advertising or a change on offers in the supermarket. It it goes a lot deeper than that. So hopefully we can raise that awareness and, and shout very loud about this. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's great that you're lending your voice to this too. Well, thank you for coming back and joining us. And, and hopefully we can get you back in a few weeks to say we've done it. That would be marvellous. But, you know, we'll, we'll keep everything crossed until then. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Louise's Health Kick podcast with Louise Massier, discussing all things health and nutrition to show you that food and health are intrinsically linked and teaching you how amazing you can feel. Find out more at www.thehealthkick.co.uk or read her book, How Food Shapes Your Child, or get in touch on social media. This is a 1386 audio production.